Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Today we're talking with Coach Harvey Hyde, our third podcast in a row. We still have so many questions coming in about the Holiday Bowl and what's going on with the coaching staff, so we're going to ask Coach Harvey Hyde all about that today. He'll answer all of your questions. If you have a question for us, send it in, podcast at uscfootball.com. That is the email address if you want to call us and leave a voicemail. We love those too, 641-715-3900. Extension 816-646, or if you want to do it right from your computer or your iPad or anything like that, go to our website, peristylepodcast.com. Click on the left side of the page. You can leave a voicemail there. And, of course, if you want to subscribe on iTunes, you want to leave us a rating, that'd be great. Go to iTunes.com slash Podcast. Well, let's bring in the coach. You can follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. What's up, man? How you doing? Well, Happy New Year to everyone out there. Here we go into 2016. We've got recruiting, we've got spring practice, and all of a sudden it'll be here. Yeah, it's uh, coming quick, and uh, the the bowl season ends, and boom, all this, you know, we're in the recruiting into spring football coming up soon. Uh, so we're going to talk about all that kind of stuff. I want to let our everyone know about our sponsor, Southern California Tickets. Go to sctickets.com if you need tickets for anything. Lots of stuff going on here in Southern California and across the country, or give them a call, 1-800-888-7287. We'll have a message from Southern California Tickets at the end of the show as well. And, uh, Coach, the questions were coming in fast and furious after the uh, Holiday Bowl, obviously a disappointing loss. Do you want me to, do you want, I don't know if you want to give a little opening rant. Do you want me to jump right into the questions and cover the topics? What do you feel like, Coach? Well, you know, I think we should get into the questions, especially if you have a lot of questions. And then what I'll do is expound, expound on it a little bit more than their question. Okay. Well, let's, uh, we'll go right to David. He says, uh, Ryan, love the podcast and hope you and the crew can carry me through to the kickoff in 2016 after a very disappointing loss. I fear the bitter taste of this loss will linger for a while. I could really use some good news like hiring a key position coach. Sorry, we don't have anything for that for you yet, David. Uh, my question to you is, um, why hasn't Coach Helton hired Pat Hill already? The offensive line play tonight was less than stellar, great talent, but very undercoached. My understanding is that Coach Hill is very receptive to a USC offer. He's known motivator and successful with offensive linemen. He can recruit and coach up the talent at USC. Local recruiting for defensive linemen can be somewhat limited. However, California does have an abundance of offensive line talent. Pat Hill is known is a known figure here in California. Could really coach, mentor, and teach the talent at USC. Please, Coach Helton, take a defensive uh, decisive step and hire a gem of a coach. Make USC offensive line you fight on forever, Dave. Behind the orange curtain. Well, Ryan, I think we might have been the first one to mention his name uh, as far as a possible offensive line coach. Uh, we did this about maybe three weeks ago when I mentioned uh, that Coach Helton has got to surround himself with a supporting cast. Always you try to support yourself with with the cast of, of coaches that know more than you do. If you have more coaches, specifically the coach of position, and you have knowledge of all of the positions, then you're in pretty good shape. I always felt that 
if my position coaches knew their positions better than I did, then I felt pretty good. Pat Hill was an offensive line coach for me at UNLV. I know Pat very well. He's very aggressive. He believes in going downhill. He can coach uh, with a lot of enthusiasm, and, and I think he'd be a get, great choice. But, you know, we can't select the coaches for Coach Hill. He's got to <laughs> select coaches that he feels comfortable around. And right now, currently, uh, I would think Pat Hill, just to answer your question, I think Pat Hill would be a great hire, okay? Because not he's a great coach, he's a great recruiter, and he, he knows every high school coach in the state of California and everywhere else. So I think he'd just we'll get in his car and he'd start recruiting. There's no question about that. Plus, I think he could lock him pretty good, the San Joaquin Valley up there, Fresno area, Bakersfield area, and he's really well-known up there and respected. But, you know, I can't really figure out what's happening, and if you have questions on this later on, I'm sorry if I'm answering them early, but I can't figure out exactly what's going on with Clay Helton's staff because, first of all, if you weren't going to hire coaches immediately, why would you let those coaches go? Why would you bring in a bunch of GAs, a strength coach, all this and that in to coach your team in a bowl game that means so much to the fans and the players and to the conference and all of the above. Because here again now, you haven't worked together as a staff. A lot of these guys really don't know the adjustments that you should be making during a game. They're younger coaches, and uh, if maybe in the future they'll be the quality of coach that should be at USC. But currently right now, they're growing to that position. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. Maybe Coach Helton's evaluating them. But I don't think you evaluate somebody uh, during the, the season. I consider this a very important part of the season as far as representing the university, winning football games, and sending the seniors out without another coaching change. So really, when you look at it, all these players played again under a whole new staff, whole new coaches. Again, yeah, they worked with them but they weren't their position coaches during the season or during the time that the season went on. So I don't understand where you're headed there. Obviously, he says, oh, I wanted those guys to find a job. Well, that's great. But first of all, you've got a responsibility to the university, to your players, to win football games and prepare for games. So I can't understand what's going on there. I don't know what the delay is. And to give you an idea, Ryan, I think you probably know this, but a lot of our listeners may not. LSU lost their defensive coordinator to Auburn. Within two days, Les Miles hires the defensive coordinator from Wisconsin. He's already in Wisconsin, recruit or not Wisconsin, he's already in Baton Rouge, recruiting for LSU. Now, how long did it take to make that decision? I mean, go for the best, get the best, pay the best. Remember, they paid a million dollars just to talk to Justin Wilcox to get him to come to USC. So. You've got to get these type of coaches. And remember, he was a West Coast guy. He is a West Coast guy. Went to Cal Lutheran, coached in the West. I would have thought that had been a great move after how he defensed USC. Knows what their tendencies are. And I would think he'd be able to help the offense as far as correcting what they've been doing. Yeah, no, I agree, Coach. And we're, we have more questions about the staff. And, um, you know, we'll get to all those uh, as we go along. Let's go to Terry, and he has a question for you. He said, I believe uh, foregoing several pre-bowl practices and the absence of hitting practices did contribute to the Trojans not being prepared to play. However, didn't the missed practices also eliminate the opportunity to have several practices focused on 
non-starters and younger players. Your thoughts from Tarion. 100%. I'm telling you, when you prepare for a football game, players get an attitude, coaches get an attitude, oh, we're not going to use the full amount of time. So they start thinking, well, you know, we only have to practice seven days for this bowl game. Hey, this is important. you got to utilize all this time. This is one thing, one reason you go to a bowl game is to develop your younger players and get better at what you do. You got to get Max Brown ready to play. You've got to get these other players ready to play. And they're not to practice. And Ryan, you know I talked about this. I talked about you've got to be physical. You've got to be able to hit a moving target. You've got to be able to tackle a moving target. And when you're not when you're not hitting for 25 days, you're not really getting your body ready for contact. You're not. And I don't care what you say. You can rest. But Nick Saban, they say, now I don't know, I wasn't there and I haven't spoken to him, but they say had the most physical preparation for their game against Michigan State than they had the whole season as far as getting their attention and knowing what they have to do as far as playing football. And I think that you, when you don't do that type of preparation, your team isn't as sharp as what they should be and as physical as what they should be. When you rush for 65 yards, I wouldn't say that you're a running football team. When you allow three sacks in a row, I would say that's not very good. That's not preparation as far as for getting ready for a bowl game with a good football team you're going to have to play that knows how to win and got their 10th win. Oh, I heard a little beep there, Coach. Okay, I thought you were all right. <laughs> oh, uh, that was I've never fired been up. better. That was fired up. Okay, you beeped at the end. I wasn't sure if you were... Uh... No, I just got some beeps going on around. Yeah, there's, beep, some, beep. there's some beeps going on. Okay. Um, let's go Al from Fresno. He says, I'd like to ask, ask Coach Hyde a question. Can anyone talk about coaching or winning? Uh, how can anyone talk about coaching or winning when USC has a four-play playbook and focuses on only two players? The opposition only needs to focus on the running back and Juju. Cody is a non-factor and isn't accurate in passing. It's sad when the fans could call better plays from the stands than those in the booth. Does the coach think that the new regime will spread the ball around to all of this recruited talent and incorporate more actual unique plays? Also, if I can acknowledge the lack of play calling and the use of talent, opposing teams can use this as a recruiting tool, asking how many times the tight end touches the ball, how many receivers, fullbacks, or running backs. The answer would be Juju Rojo Justin, who is able to to, who is able to get into Hilton's ear to give him this information that he needs? Fight on forever, Al from Fresno. Well, Al from Fresno, I, I agree with you. I think that you have to have an identity, and I don't think the USC football team has had an identity offensively or defensively the entire year. Uh, they talk about running the football, running downhill. Uh, I don't know if they really do try to do that. Uh, you take the Holiday Bowl and Ronald Jones carries the ball five times, averages 5.9 yards a carry, and doesn't touch the ball anymore. Just That's it. And uh, they say that the game plan was a test to corners. Well, I didn't see a lot of separation in the, in the receivers against Wisconsin's defensive backs. In fact, uh, well, we won't get into the game plan exactly what was going on, but I tried to figure out from the beginning of the game what the game plan was. I didn't know exactly what they were trying to do against the University of Wisconsin, who I have to say had a better defense and a better scheme than what I anticipated. 
but they shouldn't be able to do that to an offensive football team on on the level of USC. So, you know, I, I, I think that you've got to have an identity. You've got to teach toughness. If you're going to be tough, be tough. If you're going to throw the ball around and be a fast, fast, fast team, then do that. Be fast, fast, fast. But don't talk one thing and can't do one thing. You've got to let your players know who you are and what you are and what you're trying to accomplish, and the fans have got to know what's trying, what they're trying to accomplish on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, I think this is the number one thing that Coach Helton has to develop is who we are. And if you're going to be a power down, down north-south type of team, then go back to Michigan and sit down with Jim Harbaugh. Get his practice schedules, find out what his drills are, find out how he develops toughness, the whole thing. David Shaw is not going to tell you because he's going to play you. But go somewhere that does it, doesn't talk it, but does it, and find out how they develop these players to play that type of football. Um, the, you mentioned the running the football part, Coach. We have a uh, a voicemail question that, that kind of talks about that. Let me play this one for you. Hi, this message is for uh, Coach Hyde. I'll do it as quick as I can. Uh, please allow me a second or two. Over. Uh, my wife and I took a train from Pennsylvania. Got caught up in the snow in Chicago, a three-hour delay, and had troubles with roommates and bedrooms. Finally, get to uh, have to take a transfer and get to San Diego. Time for the game. The thing that bothers me more than anything, I do not appreciate a coach promising one thing and doing an absolute other. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. First series. I'm looking at bubble screens and bombs and things that, what? And then running the ball from the shotgun, what? It doesn't work. I hope this coach gets it together because doing that, that was an insult. My question is, what do you think of that coach? Fight on. And uh, there we go. Well, you know, I agree with you. I'm glad that I've had a couple of days to relax after the game and look at the big picture, and, and uh, I'm glad we didn't do this podcast the next morning. Because <laughs> I was pretty, you know what I mean, Ron? I was pretty upset with the whole approach of the game from the preparation period to the coaching staffs to everything that went on, the way the game was played, the penalties in the game, stupid penalties, and the timing of the penalties and the ending of the game with their two-minute drill, and and then admitting after the game again, we were confused. It's always confused. When you throw a seven-yard out on the final play of the game, i got to say, oh, man, this this is something else. Or when you get a penalty for a delay a game, when you're trying to get the ball going, they move the ball back five yards down there, and you have third and 17. And uh, I think Ronnie Jones ripped off 15 but two yards short. I mean, we can go back and talk about that all. And But I agree. The game started with exactly what you said, throwing the ball around, three and out, three and out, three and out. In fact, 20 minutes to 10 minutes of time of possession in the first half, 24 plays. 24 plays in the first half by USC. I mean, what did Wisconsin do? Same thing Stafford did, ball control, ball control. They had four red shirt freshmen starting on their offensive line. What do they do also? They utilize a basic power type of attack with a fullback 
number 35, Watts, who not only blocked and punished you, but they gave him the football. Can you believe they gave the football to a fullback? I have never seen a fullback carry the ball like that at USC. Maybe twice this year, maybe. Ryan, you've got the stats, and maybe twice the year before as far as taking away keys and getting some push to be able to do that. They did score a touchdown with Vanuku once this year, I think, on the reverse pivot dive. But you've got to be able to have what you call series as series in football. You've got to know what you accomplish. If they stop this play, you do this or you do that. But you've got to run an offense that fits your personnel. And the offense currently that USC is running, how many times have I said this, does not fit the type of quarterbacks that they have at USC. They are not athletic running quarterbacks. They are drop-back, eye-power type of quarterbacks. They're not, they don't have the speed that Kevin Hogan does at Stanford, but, but they can do it if they pick the right offense that they should be doing, and they don't. How many people care, care if Cody Kessler carries the football? Nobody. But at those other schools that run this offense, if mean, you try to stop Kaiser or Upshaw, some of these guys you've seen, or Winston, hey, that's the same offense almost identically that USC is running, except they don't have the 12th guy, which is the quarterback who's unaccountable. You can't stop it if you, if you do do all the things you're supposed to do with that offense. So, you know, I agree with you. I was somewhat embarrassed at the effort with the preparation with the offensive effort as well as the defensive effort, the penalties, the play calling, and also the play of the defense as far as the not being aggressive enough, not being able to stop the University of Wisconsin, who came in 9-3, and three, who finished third in the Big Ten West, who both teams who were ranked in front of them that beat them got blown out in bowl games, got blown out in bowl games. So, you know, what can I say? Um, all right, let's go. We have another voicemail question for you. I'll play this one, and here you go. Hey, Ryan. Wasn't sure if you were doing a podcast, but uh, before I start, I wanted to wish you and everyone on your team a very happy New Year's. Um, my question or statement, really, is for you or Coach. Um, what the hell is going on at USC? Excuse the language, but seriously, again, we don't show up. We only play about a quarter and a half, if that, last night. We talk about controlling the ball but yet everything in that first half was wide receiver screen that didn't work, a cute try at a door getting the handoff, then back to a wide receiver screen or some nonsense like that. Power football? Where? I don't want to hear about we didn't have a full staff. He chose that route. I don't want to hear about, you know, um, loss of scholarships or any of that nonsense anymore. You know, he is choosing these things. We didn't have practices leading up to this bowl game. Um it was very minimal. Everything that we're doing is hurting these great athletes on our team. Wisconsin D was not that good. We just played into their strengths, and I'm tired of the excuses. We're playing like UCLA, but with better uniforms. I'm frustrated, and I want real leadership. Your thoughts? This is Eric. Fight on in Georgia. Eric, uh, thank you very much for your call, and Happy New Year to you, too. I, I can feel the passion in your voice, and and how you feel, and it sort of got to be the same way. On Thursday morning, I went to the coffee shop out here. I go to every morning, and a couple of guys came in, SC people, and they said, hey, good game, wasn't it? Really good game, good close game. And I looked at him, and I said, 
good enough to get fired. I said, "What?" Are, he said, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Hey, the object of the game is to get the W win, not play a good game." And the guy sort of looked at me like, "Man, this guy's asking for so much." I mean, that's what it's supposed to be. It's an eight-six season. What USC is looking at right now, and people are getting used to that and saying it was a good game. I don't think so. Not when I listen to your calls and the people who listen to this podcast, and I don't feel that way. I think USC is looking for domination. USC is for winning. Right now, when you look at USC in the Pac-12, where are they? Really, when you look at it, where are they? Open against Alabama. Now, there's a lot that has to be done before you open against Alabama, believe me. Then after Alabama, if you put all your balls in that game, you come back and you play Utah State, and you'll be down if you happen to lose, and you know, you'll be dragging your ass around, and excuse my language, and all this and that, and then Utah State will play the heck out of you. Then where do you go up north to Stanford? I'm not quite sure. I think after that you go to Utah. Then you got Arizona State. So I'm telling you, this is a, a challenge. The Pac-12 is not. In fact, I was really upset at three teams, four teams, and I'm going to tell you who they are. SC, UCLA, Oregon, and Arizona State. Do you realize those four teams would have won? The record in bowl records would have been nine and one. Nine and one. Would have been actually ten and zero. Oh. Those are the only four teams that lost in the Pac-12. Yeah, only four teams that lost in the Pac-12. Oregon got beat by a backup quarterback, and Oregon didn't have a backup quarterback when they lost Vernon Evans or Adams. So, what is going on? I mean, five and seven. Nebraska beats UCLA. I don't care how many people are hurt; they're five and seven. I mean, there's got to be more preparation. There's got to be more pride in the Pac-12, so the Pac-12 can say, "Hey, because of our bowls and our victories and domination, we can say we're one of the toughest conferences in America." But right now, I got to listen to the Southeastern Conference. I sometimes wonder. If it really is, oh, because we play each other, because they play the ninth game, who's listening to that now? I mean, gosh, and, and the difference of one, two, three, four points would be the difference of three victories alone. So, you know, I sort of uh, am uh, like you. Uh, is it Eric in Georgia? I'm sort of feel like you do, you know. Just playing a game and playing a good game, that isn't it. It's winning the game. All right, let's move on to Gene, Coach. He says, it's Gene from Orange County. After watching the Wisconsin game, some things are evident. We have made another coaching mistake. Given that it's not Hilton's fault about the defense with all the temporary coaches, the offense has not changed at all from Sarkeesian's style. No matter what Hilton says will change. He and T. Martin are calling the same stupid plays. He's not very happy, Coach. Uh, I would like an answer from Coach Hyde. Why can't we throw downfield? or crossing slant patterns like all the other teams I've watched forever. It's because Kessler is unable to find open receivers or is it horrible play calling? I know he doesn't get I know he does get pressured, but other QBs still complete them. And why can't we run? Is it terrible coaching or is it linemen? After watching the other bowl games, this is so disappointing to watch our team. Could coach Harvey Hyde please come out of retirement and coach our Trojans? What should be done from G? Well, let me tell you, uh yeah, you, you, I feel the passion in your voice and how you feel. 
because you realize the history and you know the greatness of USC and the recruiting ability and the, and everything that's going on. And when you play meteor, meteor when you play <clears throat> at a at a at a level of competition that you lower your level to play on the same level of other teams, and you play the way you play, you allow other teams uh, to beat you, and you and you're beating yourself at the same time. Really hurts. All you do is open the wound, you put a Band-Aid on it, and it keeps bleeding. Now, when you look at Clay Helton, Coach Helton, uh, I support him as a head football coach because he was selected by the administration to be the head football coach. But I also want to see what he's going to be and who he is and what his identity is as a head football coach. See, it's great to be loved by the players. It's great to have a great image, which I think he does, and I think he's a very sincere man. But if you need a little bit where, you know, you you get going here and you get your program together and you know who you want and what direction you're headed. And all that's happened so far is they've elevated a coach that coached with Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, an assistant to head coach. And he has elevated T. Martin, who did the same thing with the same coaches for six years, to offensive coordinator. Otherwise, what progress has been made? Same offense, same mistakes, same penalties, same confusion. Everything that we see, we've seen the entire year is still happening. Still not throwing the routes. How many times do we get the same questions every week? Where is the tight end? How come the routes? How come they only throw to one guy? Uh, how many times can we answer the same questions? How come they're not putting pressure on? Uh, and when I look at some of the players, I don't see any of them really – Getting better. I think Adoree Jackson had a better year last year as a freshman player. I think he sort of dropped off. Yeah. Uh, and some of the other players. Uh, I think the offensive line degressed. I think they played better as all freshmen. Now, I know they had some players injured at center, and I know they had some injuries, and Wheeler didn't play in the bowl game, but it shouldn't drop off that much. And you have three seniors in your defensive line going against all these freshmen for Wisconsin. But I got to say this, I think Delvin Simmons had one heck of a football game, and I want to give him credit for that. He was my MVP on the defensive side of the football. So, you know, you, you sit back and you, you, ask, they ask, you, you ask me the same question every week. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I sit back, Ryan, and I say, I don't want to say this, but sometimes I say, what are you guys doing on the offense staff? Do you see the same things we see? Are they going the same games we are going to? Because we all see the same things, but we don't see it corrected. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, how about the how about the end of the game, the two-minute drill, and all this? I mean, please, the you were probably in the locker room, Ryan, after the game, and the players say we were confused, we didn't get the signal. What do you mean you're confused? This is what you practice for the entire year. Throw the ball down the field. You only got a few seconds. Maybe you can hope for a pass interference, anything, to get in field goal range. Down the seam, down the middle of the field, something. We've been talking about a draw play. How about a draw play when they run all this pressure all the time? Or trap that middle linebacker that keeps blitzing. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, run the fullback right by him. He'll be going in the A-gap, and the fullback will be running right down the middle of the field. He's going one way full speed, and the fullback's going full speed the other way. I don't know. I, I, maybe they don't see the same things we see. But, again, 
you know, I don't know what their philosophy is, and I agree. I haven't seen any change since Coach Helton has taken over the offense and being head coach in, in, in the play of the offense, a little bit more aggressive on defense, but at, they didn't. They played more of a four-man front. But, you know, they didn't do anything with it. So, I don't know. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, we got one more voicemail and a couple more regular questions. So, here, play you the voicemail for you. Uh, hi, Ryan. I certainly appreciate the show. This is Big John in uh, Santa Barbara. Calling again. Uh, my comment is still the same as it was a month ago. This is good for Coach Hyde or, or Dan Weber, one of the finest sports people I know who's honest and straightforward, and I want to give a shout-out to him and how much we appreciate him. I still feel, and I think the game last night showed, that uh, Coach Hyde is, uh, is right in many respects. He was trying to tell us that uh, Clay isn't ready for the big show. Uh, this is going to be Paul Hackett revisited. It's uh, You can say that the glass is half full. You can say the glass is half empty, like you did the last week, which is fine. In my opinion, the glass is broken. It's time for a complete house cleaning from top to bottom of the athletic department at USC. It'll never be fixed. It'll just go on and on and on. You can say that I'm being pessimistic, but being a lifelong Trojan fan and watching, never missing a game, I know Trojan football, and I can see Paul Hackett revisited. I know bad football. I know good football. I know a nice guy who isn't ready yet, but I think we're going to have two years with a $9 million buyout, and let's hope that we'll go out and get a coach. Thanks for the show. Bye. Well, Big John, thank you very much for calling, and I'm glad you're a strong football person and uh, you are such a Trojan fan and that's why it hurts so much. You bleed every time you drive back to Santa Barbara. I know you do because you care about winning and losing. You don't mind to get beat by a team that's better than you. You know, I know when I get beat by a team that's better than me. I walk across the field and I say, you know what? You guys are damn good. You kicked the you know what out of us. But then again, when I think you know, when I watch the team, uh, the game, I, I just don't know what to, what's going to happen. I can't predict a USC game because I don't know what team's going to show up. I really don't. I mean, I don't think any team they play has better players, but I'm not sure. You hear me talk about I wouldn't change their roster with any team that they played. Maybe you guys would. I wouldn't. When you look at the recruiting, they're always at the top of the recruiting list. And I think that the people that evaluate these players, obviously they must evaluate them too. They wouldn't give them a scholarship. They must think they're pretty good players. There's something lacking as far as their performance, their motivation, how tough they are. Are they all stars when they come in? Are they treated as stars? Are they, uh, and they never do. You're afraid to yell at them or you're afraid to motivate them or you're afraid to tell them this is what we wear and this is the color of our socks and this is the way it goes and this is what the UIC football program is blah, 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 and say, now this is what it is. Uh, do, you, do you fit this program or not? But I know that I talked with Ron Yeri at the uh, tailgate party for the Roseville game, the Stanford-Iowa game, and we were sitting talking. I said, Ron, tell me about the game. What did you used to think about before the game? And Ron told me, he says, just how bad I'm going to hurt the guy playing across from me. And I said, what do you mean? He says, I would watch the film just to try to get something 
that would anger me enough that I'd say, how bad I'm going to hurt him. And when we went out and we broke the huddle, I'd look at him and say, you know, this is going to be a long day for you, son. I'd fire off the football, and from that play and every single play, when the game was over, he knew his butt was kicked. And that's the way you got to feel, and that's what I that's how I coach, and that's what I try to develop into my players. You can't talk it. you got to teach it. you got to get in the shoots. you got to get after people. Sure, you're going to get hurt. Players get hurt playing football. But you also bring toughness within yourself and confidence that you can knock somebody off the ball. And you're not afraid to play teams that are tough, too, but you're tough. You even look forward to it, just like Ron Yeri is saying. You look forward to that type of competition to see who – who brings their lunch pail and and who gets it done. So, you know, it's hard to say, like you said, I don't know how many times you've said the same thing. I don't know how many times I've answered your same questions in different ways. But uh, it, it, it you're right. It's, it's, it's not a good feeling when you know you have good personnel and you don't get better and you don't proceed and get better. It seems as though who knows what's going to happen today. And that's why I never in some of the pregame shows want to say, who do I think is going to win today? I want to say, when you've heard me say, well, I wouldn't change the roster with anybody, so who does that say is supposed to win today? But I don't know what's going to happen with this team or any team. Yeah, we don't. We, we're trying to figure it out, but it's hard to put your thumb on this one. Um, all right, we'll do two more. We'll let you go, Coach. Jeff had a question. He said, I was listening to Coach on a Sunday football show with A. Martinez, and they brought up an interesting conversation about the pressures put on today's young football athletes, specifically how they're required to compete on the field year-round with little time off to rest themselves mentally and physically. This starts in high school and continues throughout their college careers. It got me thinking, it seems to me that Cody Kessler could be a victim of his own success. Don't quarterbacks like baseball pitchers need time to rest their arms? Are we forcing our young athletes like Cody to participate in too many off-season workouts, drills, minicamps, etc.? After viewing many of your practice videos and seeing how many times Cody has to throw in practice, I've often thought that this many reps can't be good for his arm. Uh, could it be that Cody's arm just got tired late in the season, and that may explain why so many dink and dunks and few passes downfield, thus resulting in inefficient results? Uh, thanks, guys. Happy New Year from Jeff and Lake Forest. Well, you know, let, let me be honest with you. These kids start throwing footballs and they go year-round. I agree 100% with what you're saying. I, I, I think that kids have too much football, starting in high school with all their passing leagues and summer camps and four-star camps and five-star camps and camps on campus and all of this. Kid can't be a kid anymore. Kid can't even play different sports anymore. They're given the ultimatum. What sport are you playing? Is it football, baseball, or whatever? You know, I don't think that's right. I think a kid becomes a better athlete when he's playing different sports and certain muscles in his body uh, relax a little bit more and he uses different muscles and he becomes more skilled and gets more balance and high eye-hand eye, eye coordination and all of the above. But that's not what's happening today. I mean, you start all these summer workouts. Ryan, you're out there every day during the summer watching them, who's showing up, who's not showing up, and and all of these things, you've got to get away from the game a little bit. I know, you know, not, not completely away, but just where your body and your mind can relax just a little bit. And uh, they don't allow that to happen now. I don't think it's just USC. I think it's everybody now that way. Uh, I remember when I was coaching in college, most of our kids went home for the summer. 
part of the reward was you passed all your classes, you're academically eligible, go home for a month and then come back and be refreshed. Now, you keep them there all summer. Put them in classes, they're there all summer, they're in classes all year round, they're practicing all year round, they're lifting weights all year round. I think it's too much. Now, I'm not saying that's why USC or Cody's not being successful to the level of what people expect it to be, because everybody does the same. But I think it's too much on just general terms for everybody. Myself, I feel as though I'm never going to take a football on the field until I know that everybody knows, well, first of all, how to break a huddle, okay? I think it's important to run up to the line of scrimmage and act like you want to play, not walk up, and or break the defensive huddle. Get together and know what we're talking about or what's going on unless you're playing a hurry-up offense where you can't do that. And then once you know what your blocking rules are and you know how to defend all the different formations and motions and everything and flips and all the things that are going on, then I might give you a football. But until you know who you block and all the different blitzes and who picks up who and you're in the right position to block somebody, and you know, then we'll give you a football. But what good is a football if you can't block the right people or understand what the reads are in your routes and the secondary calls, the secondary where you go to the open area, what good is a football? But you, it's not going to work anyway. Or snap the football. So, you know, I, I teach from the ground up. And once someone understands the basics of A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, then we can move to 4, 5, 6. But until that happens, uh, you know, we're not going to go to it. I'm going to make them want to beg for football. I think you're more hungry and you want to play better. All right, well, last one for you, Coach. This is from Jamal. He says, why is Ivan Lewis being retained? He's, he's talking about the USC strength and conditioning coach. Has uh, Coach Helton seen any – oh, sorry. Has Coach Hyde seen any physical improvements on the team? During Bama versus Michigan State, the announcers talked about how many Bama players got bigger, stronger, and faster. In fact, one guy put on 15 pounds of muscle in the offseason. What is Lewis doing to make our guys better? The players deserve better than this. Jamal. Well, you know, first of all, it's the head coaches are responsible for all aspects of the football program. And you got to have a philosophy of what you you want your athletes to look like. You want them to be big and strong, with the V uh, type of look. Uh, do you want them to just move around and, you know, be overweight? What do you want out of your football player? And then you've got to get a strength and conditioning coach that agrees with your philosophy. I don't want somebody telling me how my kids should play and look. I know how I want how I want my kids to play and look. I tell him this is what I want. Do it this way and get them ready to play. Not that you haven't gone to school and you've majored in all this and that, but you know what you have to do. But this is what I expect. I want endurance. I want power. I want quickness. I want a combination of all. Whatever you feel like that you want as a football coach. And if this current great coach at USC, and I don't even know him, okay, so I'm not talking about him, any coach. I come in and I evaluate everything, and I know Coach Helton's got to be doing that. I would hope so. Even the secretaries, everybody, managers, laundry guy, I don't care who, equipment guy, I want everybody to do it my way because I've had the experience to know what I want. And one thing that's hard 
when you're an assistant coach being elevated, you know all these people. It's hard to tell them, hey, you got to move your kids. I'm sorry, you're gone. But you got to do. You don't get a lot of shots as being a head football coach, okay? And when you get that shot of being a head football coach, especially at USC or any university, then you better remember, if you don't get it done, you're not going to get another one in most cases. So you better do it your way and don't worry about these things. This is the business you're in. They don't pay you $2.5 million a year to feel sorry about something or not get it done. It is a key position in the athletic department. And it's important that the alumni and the people continue to brag and feel good about their university, and it starts with football. And if you're a USC guy right now, you're not wearing the USC Trojan football sweatshirt into the clubhouse because the other people are looking at you, but you know the pride in that colors and those colors and stuff, and 8-6 and six doesn't get it done. And if you're a UCLA guy, this season didn't get it done for you. And if you're any school that had a losing record or a record that wasn't what you expected, you're not going to wear it. But when you're at 12 and 0, everybody's strutting. Everybody's donating to the university. Everybody's proud to be a part of the university. When they send that little envelope out, you fill it full of, you know what, and send it back in. And right now, there's struggles going on. In that area, I don't know if they do, but USC's alumni are so strong to make a difference. But I'm telling you, that pride that you want, that that pride that you feel, as far as being a Trojan or any whatever, every any person you are or who you support, when you start to doubt it and you don't want to wear the colors as often or you're careful when you put the shirt on, then it bothers you, bothers me, bothers anyone. And I don't know if you guys feel that yet, but don't. Because you can't give in and you can't allow people to overcome. You've got to keep pushing to bring the program back to where you expect it to be. All right, Coach, great stuff. Nice nice show. Thanks for uh, coming on and answering all the questions. Everyone else, thank you for sending those in. But thank you, Coach. It was great. Brian, thank you. Any guys out there, thank you very much. Remember, it's just my opinion. You know, uh, so if you're someone out there to disagree with some of the things, you certainly do have that right to do okay thank you very much all right thanks coach and everyone else thanks for tuning in and uh we'll talk to you guys later on there's a quick message here from southern california tickets 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 sc tickets is your concert sports and theater ticket source we have the tickets you need to any event worldwide football tickets are now available Call SC Tickets now at 1-800-888-7287, 1-800-888-7287, that's 1-800-888-7287, or visit us on the web at sctickets.com. SC Tickets, concert, sports, and theater. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.